Well, you have an extra homily this week. I am offering a Mass tomorrow, on Sunday, 25th of October, in the extraordinary form of the Mass, that is, the 1962 Missal, in Latin. And this Sunday is the Feast of Christ the King in the traditional calendar. So the homily today is, obviously, about Christ the King. It will be a slightly different homily from that which I will give when the Christ Christ the King comes around in Novus Ordo Masses at the end of November. So I thought it was worthwhile to share it with you. So, I begin. The chief causes of the difficulties under which mankind is labouring and the manifold evils in the world are due to the fact that mankind has thrust Jesus Christ and his holy law out of their lives, and that these have no place in either private affairs or in politics. As long as individuals and states refuse to submit to the rule of our Saviour, there will be no really hopeful prospect of lasting peace between nations. Those are not my words, but the words of Pope Pius XI in 1925 when he instituted the Feast of Christ the King by his encyclical Quas Primas. They really are quite chilling words when we realise that they were written after the Great War of 1914 to 1918, the war supposedly to end all wars, and at the time that war clouds were building again towards an even greater war of 1939 to 1945 which unleashed on the world, among many evils and disasters, the atomic bomb. Christ is not just king metaphorically. That would make it merely symbolic. Certainly he reigns in the hearts of those who seek him and accept him. He reigns in the wills of those who are obedient to him and who are open to his grace and inspiration. But let us remember the words of Archangel Gabriel to Mary. The Lord God shall give to him the throne of David his father, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. And we have his own words to Pontius Pilate in today's Gospel. My kingdom is not of this world, and for this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to give testimony to the truth. Christ is a real and substantial king and his kingdom is seen in the world, in the Catholic Church, which is his kingdom on earth. So that all people might be saved, Christ sacrificed himself to take away the sins of the world, as we say at each Mass, Agnus Dei Quitolis Peccato Mundi. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. In Romans 14.9, St. Paul states that Christ died and rose again so that he might be Lord, both of the living and of the dead. Because of his passion, death and resurrection, Christ has the power of judgment and authority over all people. And thus the empire of our Redeemer embraces all people, Catholics, those baptised who are outside the Church, 
or who have left the church, those who do not know him or do not believe in him. Christ is the salvation of the individual person and the salvation of society. When Christ is recognised as king, both in private and in public life, then there flows the blessings of real liberty, well-ordered discipline, peace and harmony. To seek these things from any other source will ultimately fail. Now while the kingdom of Christ exists in this world, it is not of this world, and so must not be confused with political power. We know very well that politics can certainly have nothing to do with Christ, and even be against him. So none of the megalomaniacs of history, down to this present time, can claim a part in the kingship of Christ. This is shown to us in a remarkable and striking way, again in the Gospel of today's Mass. Jesus appears in humiliating circumstances. He stands accused before the might of Rome. He has been arrested, insulted, mocked, and now his enemies hope to obtain his condemnation to death by crucifixion. They had presented him to Pilate as one who sought political power, as the self-proclaimed king of the Jews. The Roman procurator conducts his inquiry and asks Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? In reply to this question, Jesus clarifies the nature of his kingship, which is no worldly power, but a love which serves. Faced with a defenceless, weak and humiliated man, Pilate, a man of power, is taken aback. If you have seen the movie The Passion of the Christ, in this scene between Pontius Pilate and Christ, there is is a very subtle episode in the dialogue that again just highlights how Pilate is taken aback. Pilate has taken Christ from out on the loggia in front of the crowd and withdrawn to the side. And their conversation is, first of all, Pilate speaking to his assistant in Latin, and then he addresses Christ in Aramaic and asks him the question, Are you the king of the Jews? And and Jesus answers Pilate, in Latin. And you see the look on Pilate's face. How can this man, who seems to be somebody who is ordinary, even from the the peripheries of the, the country, how can he speak to me in Latin? It's a passing moment, but it's very, very insightful and, and quite moving. But anyway, Pilate is also taken aback because he hears Christ speak of a kingdom and servants. But he doesn't understand what sort of a king can such a man as this before him be. He doesn't understand that Christ is speaking not of power, 
but of truth. And Pilate fails to understand. Can there be a power not obtained by human means, a power which does not respond to the logic of domination and force? Jesus came to reveal and bring a new and universal kingship, that of God. He came to bear witness to the truth of a God who is love, who wants to establish a kingdom of justice, of love and peace. Whoever is open to love hears this testimony and accepting it with faith is able to enter the kingdom of God. But let us go back a little. Just because Christ's kingdom is founded upon virtue does not mean, again, that it is only symbolic. Far from it. Christ reigns in this world, whether individuals or states like it or not. Some people and nations may resist and even fight against Christ and his kingdom, but they will not succeed. The kingdom of this world has been conquered by the Lord and Master of history. He will come again in judgment of the living and the dead and the world. And it will happen with great signs and portents, with fire and with all the other signs of the book of the Apocalypse. Those who have been true to him will receive their reward, and those who have cast him out will find themselves without him for all eternity. If Pius XI saw portents of tragedy in 1925, I suggest we see even more in 2020, almost a hundred years later. One of St. Augustine's many wise sayings is that the feasts of the martyrs inspire us to martyrdom. Even more so, I would suggest, does the feast of Christ the King inspire us to fidelity and loyalty and love to our King and to carry his standard boldly in the world. No matter what comes, Christ will triumph. And no matter how long it takes, Christ will triumph. He is our Lord. He is the eternal priest. And he is the King of the universe. May his name be ever praised. Amen. Amen.